0: Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it will help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 50, starting at verse 4. The sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning he awakens me and opens my understanding to his will. The sovereign Lord has spoken to me and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me and my cheek to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting because the sovereign Lord helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone determined to do his will. And I know that I will not be put to shame. He who gives me justice is near. Who will dare to bring charges against me now? Where are my accusers? Let them appear. See, the sovereign Lord is on my side. Who will declare me guilty? All my enemies will be destroyed like old clothes that have been eaten by moths. Here ends the first reading. The second reading is from Philippians, the second chapter. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Here ends the reading, please stand. For the reading of the gospel.
1: Then the entire council took Jesus to Pilate, the Roman governor. They began to state their case, this man has been leading our people astray by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government, and by claiming he is the Messiah, he is a king. So Pilate asked him, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, you have said it. Pilate turned to the leading priests to the crowd. He said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Then they became insistent. But he's causing riots by his teaching. It's wherever he goes, all over Judea, from Galilee to Jerusalem. Oh, is he a Galilean? Pilate asked when they said that he was. Pilate sent him to Herod Antipas because galilee was under herod's jurisdiction and herod happened to be in jerusalem at the time so herod was delighted at the opportunity to see jesus because he'd heard about him he'd been hoping for a long time to see him perform a miracle he asked jesus question after question but jesus refused to answer meanwhile the leading priests and the teachers of religious law they stood there shouting their accusations then herod and his soldiers began mocking and ridiculing jesus Finally, they put a royal robe on him. They sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day. Then Pilate called together leading priests, other religious leaders, along with the people. He announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading revolt. I've examined him thoroughly. On this point, in your presence, and I find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion. He sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. A mighty roar then rose up from the crowd. With one voice, they shouted, him, Kill him! Just release Barabbas to us! Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with him because he wanted to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time, he demanded, Why, what crime has he committed? I found no reason to sentence him to death. I'll have him flogged then I'll release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder demanding that Jesus be crucified and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded and they had as they had requested he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder. But he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. As they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside, and the soldiers seized him. They put the cross on him. They made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned. He said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves, for your children, for the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child, the breasts that have never nursed. People will beg mountains, fall on us. They'll plead with the hills, bury us. If these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it's dry? Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to the place that's called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. The criminals were also crucified, one on his right, one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. A crowd watched. Leaders scoffed. He saved others. Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the chosen one. Soldiers mocked him as well, offering him drinks of sour wine. They called out to him, If you're king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was even fastened above him with these words This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it. Save yourself, us too, while you're at it. The other criminal protested. You not fear God? Even when you've been sentenced to die, we deserve to die for our crimes. This man hasn't done anything wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. By this time it was about noon. Darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light of the sun was gone. And suddenly, the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle when Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God. He said, surely this man was innocent. When all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, they stood at a distance, watching. A lot of gospel for one day, huh? A lot of ground to cover in one day. From... Shouts of Hosanna to crucify him. I think uh, I said this last year. This is proof that I've been here long enough now as I kind of remember telling you things I've said before. Um, uh, This story oftentimes uh, includes so much on this day, even though we have a full week to tell this story. It's sometimes piled in all on the Sunday before the next Easter Sunday because it's presumed, understandably, that uh, no one's going to make it back for Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday. We're busy, right? we got things to do, so to come back to worship's a challenge. So you try to get all of it together in one. But I get that. But at the same time, like, folks, this is it. This is our story. This is where it all comes to a head. This week is all about who we are. All about why we gather at a table. All about why we hand servant towels to people who model the servant leadership of Jesus. It's a powerful time. Christmas is good. I mean, who doesn't like babies? Who doesn't like fun, exciting birth stories? Who doesn't enjoy singing songs we definitely already know and don't have to read in the dark with candles? It's great. But folks, this is the one. This is the week. The start of this week that defines our spiritual lives when we remember the things that define why we gather Sunday after Sunday. And we get on this roller coaster experience that will be the Holy Week story: entering the city to celebration, fulfilling prophecies, entering the city on a cult, the poor saying Hosanna, gathering, giving thanks for this new reality. This is legitimate Messiah stuff. This is what the Messiah was gonna do. You know his disciples are rowdy because they've been following for three years, waiting for this triumphant entry into the holy city. And it, it's just something. Jesus even gets excited. It's funny, when Jesus is portrayed in like films, sometimes I always get a, I'm always a little bummed because he's a real person. But he seems to always be operating with like he's looking six inches above everyone's head. Like he's just so above it all, right? But here, if we know something about Jesus, about his time spent at weddings, and his time spent at celebrations, he's celebrating in this moment. So much so that when they're like keep your disciples down you're going to get arrested he goes sorry guys this is it this is the entry into the city this is the Messiah prophecies being fulfilled if they weren't shouting the very stones would shout about what's happening here he's so excited about this and it's wild because he also knows the celebration is the beginning of a pathway to a very grisly end it's going to be a path to heartbreak it's a challenge that this week, he knows what's coming. I don't know if the disciples do fully. I mean, they've been told this countless times by Jesus. But when it actually goes down, they're, they scatter. They can't believe this is happening. This will end in a cross. And Jesus isn't confused about this. He's celebrating at the same time he knows how hard this week will be for him. Anyone ever have that? Have you ever been excited about something? But also know that what you're excited about is going to come after a perhaps harrowing journey? Young folks might know a bit about this who are, or maybe you recall when you were like accepted into a college that you wanted to get into, right? Great, I'm going to get a degree from this institution. Celebrate. Oh, now I got to go to school. It's going to be hard. (laughs) I got to do a bunch of stuff. You're excited. You're excited about the outcome. And at the same time, you recognize this is the start of something that will be challenging. Jesus knows This will be a hard week. I have another example of this sort of elation that comes before a harrowing adventure ahead. I remember being in Haiti last year with our group with an organization called CLM, which is an acronym for the Haitian words, Chemin Leve Mio, which is um, Pathway to a Better Life, which is an organization that connects women who are living in ultra-poverty to caseworkers who would then assist them in receiving education, support, resources, medical care, and a cohort of other women travel through this program as they entered into an 18-month journey that would end the death spiral of ultra-poverty. Quite literally, this organization will save their life. These women would have children, multiple children, none of these kids would be able to go to school because school isn't free. They wouldn't have health care because even the local witch doctors won't work for free. Um, Their homes are a lot of times something they've erected on the outskirts of town after they've been abandoned by their husbands or widowed and couldn't afford a real home. It's a challenge. They're living on the outskirts of town. They're called, um, they described it that a lot of these women are so poor they are invisible. Even the community doesn't really notice that they're living there because they're even outside of their own town. This is the kind of poverty that my friend Maya, who was a child slave, and a street kid in the port, uh, on the cities of Port-au-Prince said, I didn't realize people could live this way. That it could get this bad. Their future, when they're met, is a death sentence. It's not going to be from age. It's most likely going to be starvation. It's going to be illness. They're going to get hurt. They're not going to be able to seek care. Unless something changes. And I tell you this because I'm reminded of Jesus when I think about when I got to meet these women, because we were told we're going to be on a team that was going to let these women know that they were going to begin this pathway to a better life. They would be given a case manager. They would help them. Their children would receive medical care, would help them walk this new path. And I imagine that news, have you all ever seen publishers' clearinghouse commercials? That's what I thought was going to happen. Not the van or the balloons or the mega-check, but... I mean, I was thinking jumping up and down at least, because like, wow, talk about extreme poverty and being told. No, that's not going to be the story going forward. But it wasn't like that. What I saw, I think, looked a lot like probably what Jesus looked like when he was entering into the city, his arrival, fulfilling this prophecy, that yes, resurrection's a reality, but this is it. She's told about her acceptance into the program, and there is no jumping up and down. (laughs) There's no yelling. Contemplation. Okay. I did notice what seemed to be a weight lifted, in a sense, because they were often very ashamed of their living situation. To have these people show up, it's like, oh, boy. But to be told, you're not alone anymore gonna walk with you and it's gonna be a challenge but we're with you along the way <sighs> okay okay she's gonna find out that anytime now she's gonna to have to start building her own home they're gonna provide supplies and instructions support but she's gonna build it she's gonna dig her own latrine raise your hand if you've dug a latrine pretty easy stuff right no, no, she's going to dig a latrine she's going to be given a small loan that she's going to have to manage money management was not on her radar at any point in her life in ultra poverty she's going to have to care for the chicken, she's very excited she's going to get to pay tuition for her child to go to school but that's another thing, you got to make sure you manage <sighs> resurrection is real it's, we just got to do it we got to go It won't be without pain, it won't be without heartache or challenge. Just like Holy Week, Easter is coming, but it really isn't Easter without Good Friday. Resurrection only happens to dead things. So then we got to meet some women who had gone through the program, through their 18 months, and these women would have secure homes. One of them was excellent. It was covered in chalk mathematics, all from her child who had been attending school. And she said, I'm happy with him writing on the walls because he's very smart. And I want the whole neighborhood to know that. Beautiful. She would have been happy to tell you about her, uh, her small commerce, selling vegetables, carrots, cabbage, squash, onions, garlic, spices. She'd show you her savings account passbook, her business that was started with a $500 loan, a 500 good loan, so a $6 loan. 10 times that now. She'd be very happy for you to know her goat and her pigs, both pregnant. That's good news, folks. That's really good. Half of her profits she's saving. She's learned how to save it. She's got a book that keeps track of all her funds. All of her profits. She's just thrilled. And when they ask her story, she says, when I look back and see the life I was living, and she pauses, I was moving in a bad situation towards a bad situation. This is Jesus knowing the cross is ahead. (sighs) But, now that I'm a part of CLM, I want to take full advantage to succeed. It's like God put CLM on my path. This is resurrection. The challenge is ahead. Yes, it'll be hard. But the worst thing that can happen is not the last thing that'll happen. This is a story of new life. I'm struck by it. I think about it all the time, that there are people right now being transformed from a story of death to life by our partners, our brothers and sisters in Haiti. This year, our partners in the Haitian Tamoon Foundation, who we support now with Good Shepherd, are going to move mountains, they said. They're starting an initiative called the Moving Mountains Initiative. Because with a little bit of faith, what can we do? Move mountains. That's what we can do. They've made a commitment to sending a 100 women in this next cohort through the program. Because they can do more. They just need more resources. We can change the story for more women. There are women who are not selected for this program. And this year at Good Shepherd, we're starting another resurrection project on Easter to participate in the resurrection ourselves by seeing how many women together Good Shepherd might sponsor of that hundred sponsorship goal. How many can we do? One? Ten? 20? I don't know. How are we going to respond to this story having traveled to the cross through Monday, Thursday, breaking bread together, remembering God is with us, God is for us. Hearing the heartbreaking story of his betrayal, his execution, knowing that the worst thing that happens is not the last thing that happens. And then celebrate together that good news reality that God is alive. We are all sharing in the same promise. As you leave worship on Easter Sunday, the Haiti team will be manning a table with stories, with examples of resurrection. These are a few of them. These are women who have gone through the program. This is four of hundreds. I have a little thing out front before you leave. Grab a sheet, read the stories, find out how how lives are changing. And then ask yourself, how are we going to participate in the resurrection together this season? For three weeks, we're going to try this thing. How many can we sponsor? We're going to participate in the challenge of transforming a story of death to a story of life. For that I say blessings on this Holy Week. Take in every bit of it. I would invite you to Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, but instead I'm going to implore you. Come see. Join in the story. Hear it all. Take it in. Experience it all. And then let us participate in the resurrection together. Amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.